I guess, as I've told uh, the lovely panelists on this, um, nobody will listen to a two-hour podcast. <laughs> I, I, I just know this for a fact. Unless you're like Joe Rogan, which doesn't look like I'm Joe Rogan. Absolutely. Nah, you don't even sound like Joe Rogan. This is a terrible Joe Rogan hair. impression. Uh, yeah, yeah way too ab- much hair. absolutely not. And, and I, I don't really want to be like Joe Rogan. I'm not really a Joe I don't Rogan blame you. fan. So, <laughs> like, I'm just trying to, like, I'm also not part of my take. Like, you know, I, I can't go for, like, three hours at a time and still be wildly entertaining. So this is the Western Conference uh, preview as such we'll be reintroducing some people tori welcome back to the show how are you, Thank you. doing how was this night like 10 minute break we took how are you it was great you know i changed so much um personally my whole yeah. life has changed in that 10 minutes i'm a whole new person hey congrats yeah thank That's you awesome. looking forward to meeting you <laughs> yeah aramis welcome welcome back to the program uh how are you feeling well, you say, I, welcome I, I, back. I never left I, I think left. I think this I think this is going to be much more contentious because my Western Conference opinions are just much more explosive and uh, damning. Uh, than you just wait till I pull out Audrey's fact of the game about the Jazz. You're gonna than, love this. Then my then my Eastern Conference takes. So this should be good. And Audrey, welcome back per usual. So. Thank you. Where do we want to start with the West? Should we start with the playing games again? I guess, okay. We'll, we'll just yeah, start with, good. I mean, <laughs> we'll just start with the elephant in the room. Audrey, how does it feel that the San Antonio Spurs are like slightly relevant again? Brings a tear to my eye, Eric. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> Jeez. Um, just brings brings a smile to my face uh, that the Spurs, and, and, I, and let me be extremely clear here. I have no grand delusions about the Spurs, even beating the Pelicans in this game, let alone getting into a series and winning any games in said series. This Spurs team is not designed for this. This is, I, I will say, I, I love the play-in tournament for this reason. I think it's giving the young guys on the Spurs, while while they know and their team knows and their fans know that they're still three or four or five years away maybe from, from really like putting anything serious together contention-wise, I think this is a great experience for the young guys, for Josh Primo, uh, for, you know, Devin Vassell, for Lonnie Walker, for, of course, DeJounte Murray to just get into these games, get into a playoff atmosphere and feel like that their season meant something and led to something. Uh, I think that's that's the case for young players on all these play-in teams across the board. But... And, of course, the Spurs wins. A couple of them were crucial for other teams <laughs> exactly. to be bumped up or down. Yep. So we love them. And most that, most notably the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, who I hate with a burning passion and was super glad to see that not only did they miss the play-in tournament, but that the Spurs were an integral part of the reason that they did that. I'm so proud of my Spurs. I think this is the perfect – and we had to talk about the Lakers, right? They're not even in the play-in tournament. We shouldn't even be talking about an 11-seed team. They're garbage. I think this is a absolute this this shows Vogel and the buses and this whole organization that the answer is oh no, yeah. They messed up so bad by wiping out the whole team from last year. They were at least good enough to get to the playoffs and play against like, you know, they, they were at least good enough. They wiped everybody, and now they just have this weird mishmash team. That... Old players, and it just seemed like such a win now move for a team that, frankly, I don't think needed to make win now moves. They they had their they had their Mickey Mouse ring in 2020. 
You know, they have like kind of a disappointing season last year, right? You get taken out by the Suns in the first round, which as we know, the Suns went on to play in the, in the title game. That is, there's nothing, nothing that bad about losing to the Suns in that capacity there. They went to the finals, but I, I think in, in the face of that, in the face of making it to the plan, but not going as far as expected, and just such a short-sighted move from the Los Angeles Lakers organization to trade away everybody they can. Okay, from hold on, hold on, oh, hold oh. on. Here we go. Tori, this excludes you. You seem like a perfectly nice human being. You two <laughs> idiots over here telling me the Lakers quote-unquote organization. Shut <laughs> the fuck up up oh we can LeBron curse on this podcast ja- yes the best podcast Le- ever lebron james traded everybody okay yeah everybody. yeah everybody yeah. lebron made these moves i don't LeBron know about single-handedly hey, but yeah he was yes, absolutely lebron single-handedly said hey i don't like alex caruso okay. Okay. yeah legia it's legia Okay, he's, well, he's I, I think like, you might be exaggerating he, a bit. No, there. I'm absolutely not. So, he picked all his best friends uh-huh, to play with. Uh-huh. And guess what? He wasn't a good GM because he's well, not yeah, a I good GM. He I can't evaluate NBA talent. And he, he, this is my favorite tweet of all time. Keep talking about my squad. Our personality. I love that tweet. The way they play. We're past our time in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me a favor, please. And I mean, please keep, keep that narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. It's well, guess beautiful. what, LeBron? I am bringing that same energy right now. You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck as a player. You weren't good enough to get your team into the playoffs. Whoa, whoa, oh, you're whoa. so great. You're so oh. great. You're, you're the greatest player of all time. Well, then how come you couldn't drag Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook to the playoffs? And like I mean, 40 years old. Because LeBron <laughs> is so, so much older now. And on top of that, the whole team behind him, none of them are that good. Yeah. LeBron is the best one. But it's like how it's like how we were saying how um, the reason that the Bucks are so good is because you have a Giannis. Giannis is really good. He's at the lead, but also the whole team around them's good. LeBron's he's kind of the only one that's good on the team right now. Like yeah, like everyone else is like yeah. good. It's about like, who you surround yourself with. Russell Westbrook is such like a 50-50 chance of if he's gonna be like actually kind of good that game, or if he's gonna eat ass, and he usually does that. Like he's usually not. Well, yeah, that and, great. Exactly, and and who, the, who else is even on also, there? Like, Anthony Davis, who you didn't even remember oh, right. because he's been a street clothes <laughs> this know? entire season. So I think, Eric, while you have a great point, I, I think LeBron was absolutely a huge part of, of GM conversations. I truly don't think if he wanted to make a move and Polinka and Jeannie wanted to override it, that they would that they would let LeBron override oh it. I genuinely God. think that that's not the How case. How delusional <laughs> are you? He is the most powerful Okay, okay, okay. You shut up now. In no, all no, no, no. of sports. No, no, no. Pause. You get to shut up now. You talking no. all this bullshit. Up. No, you shut up now. Mute your mic, do whatever you got to do. Go uh, have fun in the back. I don't know. I don't care what you do with your free time. Okay, yeah, you're right. LeBron messed up. I, 100%. He's an idiot for wanting Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan, who they could have signed. Buddy, who they, who they could have signed. Or the same roster that won them a ring with that Mickey Mouse uh, 2020 bubble, whatever. That's yes. 100% true. All that's true. You're also talking about a franchise who has been dog shit for years also, When's the last time that was good, Eric, since, you know, you're the messiah of 
basketball and whatnot. You know the Lakers clearly. That's how you talking. So whatever the, whatever the game through? before the game that Kobe tore his Achilles is the last time the Lakers were really, except for obviously the the bubble ring is the last time they were good. 2012 or whatever, 13. So uh, basically a decade ago when they were good. And even yep. that team was probably going to get bounced. If it wasn't Kobe's Achilles, it was going to be Dwight's back. It was all bad. Yeah. And they've been horrible at team building ever since. So, oh, I mean, they've been horrible um, at team building even during that time. They just luckily had one of the, you know, like they had one of the greatest players ever to play during his prime. And I mean, you saw what they did with the, with the later Kobe years. It's not like they were building a great team around him either. They were just picking random dudes. And even now, like the, the two young guys, or, or, or the one young guy that they decided to keep out of all these trades and all this roster reconstruction and taking on these horrible contracts that they're not going to be able to move. They kept Taylor mm-hmm. Horton Tucker. Oh they let God, Caruso yeah. walk. They let Ingram walk. They let Josh Hart walk. Well, they let Kyle Kuzma walk. Kuzma, I mean, he's not he going to be a more, star. Way more potential. Well, better than if you're going to put who do you want to give 30 minutes to? Taylor Horton Tucker or Lonzo yeah, Ball? Right. I'd rather give that to Kuzma, Kuzma. than Taylor Horton. Lonzo Ball. And like I get it, they needed to move a lot of assets to get AD in the but trade. They have too many. I do think AD is a great player, if he could stay on the court, which he can't, uh, which is a whole nother conversation. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that just speaks to their their not just their terrible ability to construct a roster, but their terrible to Eric's point, their ability, and maybe it's just LeBron pulling the puppet strings or the whole organization, their inability to to keep players that are actually going to develop into something in the future. They let they let walk out of impatience a lot of these young guys, and they keep around for some reason a lot of these guys that don't do very well. And and you know when Gabriel's a promising prospect, you know Taylor Horton Tucker can do something, I guess. But they're not, you know, they're not Ingram. They're not, and 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 most importantly, they're not all the picks that they gave up to get these old old stars. You know, they they going into this offseason, if they want to make any meaningful change, they're going to have to give up a lot to get somebody to take a contract like Russell Westbrook's or a contract like or, or even just a trade for Mello or any of these guys who are not not performing. They're just not performing. Russell's the biggest, most glaring one because of that huge contract in oh, the yeah. and like, hey, I mean, we're going to get a Ben Simmons situation with Russell Westbrook here this year. We probably are. Like it's it's, it's going so sour with that fan base, and it's so he does hard. It's not, heartbreaking. He does not. Ha- he does not have that kind of value. No, 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 no. no. Not in trade no, value. I just mean in like in the total emotional shutdown of the player due to the overwhelming narrative from the fans and the media, with all the fans shit talking him and him letting that get to him. Like I understand. Like people say a lot of terrible stuff. There's no excuse for the racism or any of that kind of stuff in the sideline comments. But you're mm-hmm. always gonna have people screaming Westbrook at you. You're always going to have people saying that you're trash. And if you as an NBA player, a former MVP and a veteran of this league and a future all-star or a future Hall of Famer, excuse me, can't put that aside and not let that get to him. And it's clearly affecting his play. It's affecting the way he's interacting with the media. It's got to be affecting the way he interacts with his team. I can't imagine the situation is healthy right now with Russell in Los Angeles. And honestly, heading into this offseason, I don't see how they can make it much better as LA. I think they just bought themselves three years of toiling to try to get out of this. And and who's to say LeBron even sticks around? LeBron could trade himself. He could be gone. I think that's, I mean, unfortunately, 
unfortunately, this probably is what's going to end up happening. Homeboy's going to peace out. And, yeah, man, I mean, it was a mess partly of his design, his design too, as Eric should take credit for. Um, Homeboy yeah. was trash with trying to get Russell Westbrook on your team, bro. He has not shown any willingness to improve in any um, in any year of his career, he has there, like you said, no tolerance for fans being idiots. But also, I mean, homeboy, you started it, so you can't take it no more. Like you, yeah. like you brought up Eric a while ago in the conversation. No, man, it's just, it's just bad. But you know what? Let's move on from the Lakers, unless, unless you got yeah, another little. Let's get to a real playoff team. No, I, I could, frankly, I could shit on the Lakers all day and night. It's so fun. I mm-hmm. absolutely love it. Their fans are the most annoying people in the world. I'm happy to shit on them. But, yeah, let's talk about real They're playoff crazy. teams. All right, so uh, New Orleans or um, the uh, the Spurs, my bad. New Orleans or the Spurs? Who y'all got? I'm taking New Orleans. I think and the Pelicans I win this. New, if, I think New Orleans. What about you, Eric? So what are the chances Zion comes back? Uh, very uh, high. They're saying pretty high. What? Really? Not not for this game, but for, the, for a first-round series. I mean, this I game saw, is in, like, Two days or three days like this is this is happening quick okay, like, but then what are the chances he gets hurt <laughs> again pretty high i mean you never know if there's one thing i am it's a zion apologist i love oh it. I, I i think zion's gotten a, a very harsh treatment by the media i think he i mean that that's that's what happens when you get a prospect that's so highly touted and so watched from i mean Eric, we were watching Zion Williamson like highlights. high school highlights. Yeah, we were in high. We were watching That's another crazy. high. School. Yeah. yeah, that is not. Mm-hmm. I never did we do that with any other player. But Zion, we were looking at his private school fl- of him like doing three sixty dunks on kids that look like me and Eric. <laughs> like they, yeah. we were. We've been watching this dude for years, and so I think anything short of like be- becoming like an instant like not not even all star, but just like good solid player a role or even like yeah. substar level is going to be disappointing i think, I he think needs... it's going to be hard too since he's been gone forever that just throwing him in the playoffs yeah mm-hmm. and he, he's got to ramp back up especially with a guy with i mean he's got the weight concerns like you know all like all the jokes and shit aside like he he part of the part of what makes him such an incredible physical specimen in basketball is his ability to be such a huge size while also being so fast and mobile but the cold, hard reality is that he's going to need to face right now is that he cannot be this heavy because it will take his knees out. And he's going to Derek Rose himself if he doesn't learn how to land properly. And his landing properly is losing weight. Like mm-hmm. it's, And I don't want to see his career ruined by injuries. He's got such incredible talent potential. Yeah. I think he's, he's got all he's the so ingredients for a star. He, oh, he, I mean, a, he's, yeah, he's, he's like, mm-hmm. like 22 or something. Like he's he's got it all in front of him. I think hopefully he doesn't let – all the national media get to him. And I hope, I hope he stays with the Pelicans and I hope, I hope him and Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas and uh, CJ McCollum make something happen because they're a good team and they got some good guys. And I, I think, yeah. I think with, I think Zion's going to fit perfectly into the the roster. You know, you got a star guard and CJ, you got a developing like small forward in Brandon Ingram. You can slot Zion on there at the power forward. And then you have Valanciunas, who's already, you know, proven to be a star center and great veteran leadership, I think, from Valanciunas <laughs> and CJ. Give them another year. Give them an offseason. Give them some training. I think this Pels team, honestly, is it, is going to be a couple spots higher next year. I really, really like this this squad. Yeah, so I, I have a <laughs> – I want to go on a weird side tangent here. Please. Audrey. The podcasts are four. Like, yeah. and, and Tori, both of you. Tori, I'm not – no, I can't ask you how old you are. That would be like very, very. Can I? 
I'm 24. And I'm 22. I'm 20, I'm <laughs> okay. 25. So do you guys like, I've had this recently where it's like, I look at Zion Williamson and I'm like, holy fuck. He is 22 years old. Yeah. I yeah, am, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am 22 years old. Uh-huh. What the fuck have I done with my life? <laughs> yeah. My, my but, absolute favorite thing is looking at Giannis because Giannis is only like, I think a year or two older than me. And not only is this man, does not only does he have a ring and has been MVP multiple times, he has a wife and a baby. And like, every time I look at him, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Or I even doing? like a guy like, like Cade, Cade Cunningham is two years younger than me. Like, and the man is is, draw, is averaging like 15 points a game in the NBA. No, it, it is definitely crazy hitting this part of part of your life where you suddenly go from being younger than NBA stars to being the same age or older than them, than athletes or, or in celebrities in general, like all the way across the board. It's like this young pop star is like, oh my God, they're actually younger than me. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like for, for me yeah. in, in football, like it's Justin Herbert. Like I yeah. watched Justin Herbert on Sunday and I'm like, holy fuck, this is a top five quarterback. And I'm like, how old is he? And it's like, oh, he's 23 years old. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, I don't have my, like, I, I don't have my shit together enough to like have like a public facing job, much less have like the pressure and like the debt, like the work ethic of all. I mean, and, and frankly, like at, at least with athletes, like this isn't the case for all like people who become famous, but at least with athletes, like, that is, you're not just seeing like, he didn't just spawn as a 20 year, like this is years and years and years of work and work and work and training and, you know, travel games and all sorts of stuff. So at least for them, it's like the culmination of, of a lifetime of stuff. But yeah, for, for us, we can look at them in this moment of time and be like, holy hell, this guy is just different, different level. Yeah. I'm mean, sorry. That's just a weird side tangent. No, I, I love that you said that because, because like, way literally it's just been happening to me more and more and more and especially with this year's like draft class of like football players and college, like this is the this is the year audrey where players that are coming into leagues are younger than us like yeah, this it's is really weird this is this is the year where i'm gonna look like oh like Jaden ivy he's like 20 like yeah what? Like, like yeah like you're telling me i can get into a bar but kate cunningham can't get into the bar like that feels weird yeah <laughs> like he feels so much more grown than i am <laughs> right if anyhow, nothing else by virtue of being six foot six that helps anyhow it definitely gives you a new appreciation for these kids coming up oh my god totally oh my god the amount of stuff they have to do like how hard like imagine like we all like it's hard to be 15, 16, 17, like all, like, it's hard to be young. Like you gotta work through a lot of stuff and to do that mm-hmm. in the public eye in a lot of these instances, or like to do all the normal stuff that's, that sucks about being oh, a teenager, geez. plus the rigorous grind of, of trying to become a professional or even a collegiate athlete is nuts. Yeah. Props to all these guys for as much as we want to bag on any of these guys for individual performances. At the end of the day, they're all still professional athletes that are doing something that, you know, 0.00001% of people can never say they ever did. And you know that's that's what it's all about. So no doubt about that. To to give another guy that's just like, oh wow, he's like two years younger than me. Anthony Edwards, the Timberwolves. Man, love it. Like, <laughs> listen, I, I I just have to admit it. Like, I think maybe my favorite non-jazz player in the NBA is Anthony Edwards. It's hard not to love the man. He's... I just I just mm-hmm. love Anthony Edwards. Like he just he like. 
he plays basketball. It just looks like a ton of fun to be able to play basketball the way Anthony Edwards plays basketball. And it's like, dude, you're just like insanely good at the vertical part of the game, but now you've developed like a three-point shot all of a sudden. And it's like this to me, he's not a killer yet. But he's a little killer junior. Little killer. He's definitely got the demon in him. <laughs> little, little, uh, little killer toddler. Where this God. this playoff series against the Clippers, especially, it doesn't sound like Kawhi's coming back. It's at least for the playing. No, game. PG's back, but Kawhi's not coming back. Right. If yeah. you can take on Paul George, and if you can outdo Paul George, like at that point, I'm just like fully in on you. Yeah, like, but can you can you imagine though? how much of an obnoxious terror Patrick Beverly is going to be if the Timberwolves <laughs> manage to beat the Clippers and get into the playoff. He's going to be oh even God. more annoying than usual. God damn. Like, honestly, that is one thing that terrifies me about Anthony Edwards is that he's got he's got Pat Bev teaching him in his formative years how to be a total psycho <laughs> asshole. Like, it's going to suck. <laughs> it's oh. going to unleash that terror on us for the several years to come. Well, hopefully he don't adopt his personality, but it sure is going to be fun to watch on the basketball court. That's yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like, yeah, teach him all the basketball stuff, all the hard work. But, yeah, maybe don't teach him to be such a whiny, whiny <laughs> asshole all the time. Margaret, Sorry, I just hate Pat Bev. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, I'm also excited for Oh, him. my God. Love I love Cat. Like, it's just been, like, Carl Anthony Towns is, like, one of those players for me and Audrey, but, like, that's like peak high school. Like Carl Anthony totally. Towns is at Kentucky, like balling out, oh and like, yeah. like you've seen like all of yeah. Carl Anthony Towns' career, and it feels like now, even though he's got defensive questions about his game, even though sure. he's still kind of the same player, it now feels like with all the pieces around him, he can really stand out yeah. and be like what he's been advertised as. This full yeah. this whole time, which is like this incredible paint player who can also like drain threes from a corner off the pick and roll like super easily. Yeah, like, he's been growing so like so much so fast. Yeah, his like, game is incredible. This <laughs> like I I've only recently like within the last couple of years gotten really into basketball and like this time last year like I had no idea who he was but like now yeah. like he's like one of like my favorite players like he's yeah so and he's always he's always been a great star player and he finally has a squad around him that isn't complete yeah, that he's, he's, trash he can finally shine like he doesn't have to play every yeah. single role to just like get the game going like he can just be a player be one person totally and i think that shows the i think that shows the greatness of cat because this squad around him isn't like no a, they're not great. they're not a great team like it's pat bev who's like scrappy and brings a lot of heart and hustle a lot of young guys with a lot of promise, a lot of like role players and kind of like second rate guys. So I, and, and the Timberwolves, I still have not had a team around cat as good as this before, which shows you how terrible they've been with their pick management, except for cat. Yeah. But like the fact that they can even just get some semi-competent thing around cat and they're already jumping up into these seeds. Like that is such an impressive, such an impressive thing for them. Yeah, well, I, I hope he stays with the, with the T-Wolves, and I hope he they can grow that into something special there. I definitely appreciate the optimism and love everybody else, Carl Eddie Towns. I think he's an amazing player, too. Uh, we just have to face facts and accept the reality that the Timberwolves are cursed. They will forever be cursed, and um, they will – I don't even know if they'll make it into the playoffs this time. I had them losing well, for to the, the – 
Yeah, to the playoffs. I don't know. They're I the got them losing oh. to the Clippers, and I got them even losing to the Pelicans. Yeah, because they, yeah, they're in yeah. the seventh spot, so they have to lose two games. They only have to win one of two games. You don't think they can beat the Pelicans or the Clippers in I one think, game? I think they have way better nah, chances man. than the Pelicans. I think Clippers is going to be harder. But yeah. Oh, the Spurs, I, I, I could definitely see a scenario where the Spurs sneak in like a – like a win against the Pelicans and then just completely fall apart against the T-Wolves and hand them the eighth seed. That, that probably will happen. But um, well, here, I, I think it's related to the Timberwolves and speaking of cat, mm-hmm. we all saw him win uh, at the all-star game. Those of you who don't know the NBA all-star game this year, the three-point contest, Carl Anthony Towns, a seven foot center uh, won the three-point shooting contest over some of the other greater shooters of our generation. Uh, and he declared himself both before and after the contest, to be the greatest big man shooter of all time. Now, <laughs> big men shooters, especially from like from three point range, that is, that wasn't really a thing that existed uh, up until you know the, the the Steph Curry era of basketball. Really, yeah, up until Carl, the, he was, and he was kind of the first guy to do it. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah, to, to revolutionize the big, I, I think Demarcus Cousins, I think would probably might be more of a of a trailblazer in that regard. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think. I, I think Cat has absolutely set set the standard that other teams are looking for in a in a big man because it spaces the floor out so much better when you have a big man who can be a threat on the inside and on the outside because you can you have to respect yeah. that shot. So, do you guys agree with that assessment? Again, it hasn't been around that long that there's been seven footers who can shoot. Uh, there's some other great shooters at that at that height in this league and at that position. You know, Jokic comes to mind. Do you agree with the assessment that Carl Anthony Towns is the greatest big man shooter ever from what you've seen? I think that he definitely has a pot. The I think that his three point percentage speaks for itself. I think he does a great job at the three ball. But I think when he says stuff like that, like media and even other players kind of look at him like, "Yeah, that's cool, bro." But what you gonna do with it? How is yeah. you gonna make that a threat and make that something that we should be worried about? Because the last totally. couple of years it's been useless. So I agree with the sentiment. I think he should be that confident. But he gonna have to him and the Timberwolves need to keep working as they've been doing this past season to make that, you know, some teams really got to focus on. Totally. And, that yeah. And that's, true. yeah, that's what's going to turn it from a question into a, into a definitive statement, right? Like it's going to turn it from like us, like, well, do we think that to one of us arguing that he is, and How I think they got, that? uh, he's pretty, he's pretty young, young as well. Right? He's what, 23. Let's see. You guys, you guys are no, talking about no way like he's 23. Or, sorry. 20, 26. Like he, 26. He's got to be 26. 26. Yeah. Because I was, but still, like, so he still has like. You guys were talking about like, you guys were talking about like people your age being getting in sports and all that. Yeah, that was Carl Anthony Towns for me. It was really, it was a weird day when I looked at that. Oh man, this could have been my draft class. Oh, terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think Cat too. I think another thing that he really has going for him is his durability. Uh, he's played a whole lot of games. He doesn't miss a lot of games. He's not very injury prone so far in his career. Obviously, that's uh, honestly the the biggest things that I mean. I'm looking at his his career right now. He played all 82 games in his first three seasons. Wow. Um, you know, 77 in the season after that, Still and then uh, in the, in the COVID shortened year, he he got COVID. He's got COVID twice, pretty severely. No. Um, and then, yeah, 50 games last year, 74 this year. So, again, like, he's he's a consistent player. He shows up for his team. The best avail- the best ability is availability, as people mm-hmm. say. Anthony Davis is a great player. Doesn't matter. He's not on the floor. Um, I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's where that's where Cat shines through. Um, I will say, I, I think, as far as personal storylines off the court goes, I think there's nobody who 
people can be rooting for harder than Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Carl Anthony Towns has lost six family members to COVID-19 since it started. Man's had six family members pass away uh, in his, and he's had others be severely ill as well. Um, And then just recently he was, um, he was close friends with Dwayne Haskins, who just passed away a few days ago as of the time of recording this podcast uh, in a tragic car accident, just heartbreaking story. And so you can't help but root for this man. You can't help root for Cat, who's just had it all stacked against him. He lost his mother in the last two years. He's lost his grandmother. And, and just the fact that he's been able to stay on the floor and and keep moving forward in, in a situation that would break down any of us, let alone somebody with that much of a responsibility to be so important for your team. And I think you just can't you can't find a better guy in the league than, than Carl Anthony Towns. So I, I'm really rooting for him. I, I agree with you, Aramis. I don't think this is their year. I don't think they make it past the first round this year. But this is such a good foundation for them. I think even if they don't add any more real pieces and they just keep this roster and glue it together one more year, I think they can. We can start talking about a more serious run. But this isn't that year. But I, I got. I, I love. I love. I love Cap. He's a great dude. Well, speaking about them, um, we can kind of. I guess from there, if we're we all everybody believes they should be in the playoffs, they most likely be facing at least from what I think. Um, they'd be the eight seed playing up against the uh, Phoenix Suns. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, what type of so, um, Tori specifically is that your name? I'm so sorry. I'm too. Yeah, it's Tori. Tori specifically for you. What do you think might problems that might run up the Timberwolves might be able to run up to the uh, Phoenix Suns, or do you think they're gonna get washed out of there really quick? Get washed. They're yeah. gonna get washed. I mean, just I think whoever's <laughs> in the eighth seed, I think it's kind of gonna be over for them. I think like the contenders that we have for it. It's just honest, like against the Suns in the first round, it's mm-hmm. just, it's not good. I think like second round, like, or I think anybody six and up would have been more like of a fight for the Suns, but mm-hmm. yeah. Timberwolves or Clippers or any of those other teams, it's just not going to be good. Wait, well, the you- Suns are way too well-balanced all around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and because they have their star players i mean they have like cp3 and they have devin booker but they all of their side guys that come off the bench are all really good like they're mm-hmm. able to like hold the score like while like the big players rest for a very long time which is what pushes them ahead and why they're number one right now versus i mean timberwolves without like a big player out there like they're not that yeah. good they're and they're definitely not gonna hold their own against the suns mm-hmm. like against the suns backups yeah so you're saying that like like the like starters wise like it's more of a chance but like they just don't have a chance because as soon as the if backup like units the starters in, versus the suns backups it would be a lot more fun <laughs> of a game or even just starters <laughs> even just see how high yes. stories on the suns we love this shit up here they're kicking ass this year. They are. They're, They're great. really good. But, and I think, yeah, I, I think to your point, like, like I, even against if, the Nuggets, if it was like Suns Nuggets first round, that would have been more of a challenge. But Timberwolves, Clippers. Yeah. I, and I think it comes down to the only position that, and I don't know if you agree with me, Tori, that the only position that the Sixers or that the Timberwolves can hold up to the Suns and say that we have an equivalent or better player is at the center position. I, yeah. I think absolutely cats obviously better than Deandre and I love Deandre. Yeah. I think he's got a huge star potential. Doesn't hold a flame to cat. So, but does that difference make up for 
I mean, right. Like, I, I don't even like the, this D'Lo versus CP3 is not a real, uh, not a real matchup. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's going to shine through. And, and like Tori said, once you get to the second, I think the Sun's second unit is better than the Timberwolves' second unit. And I think the Sun, and, and by virtue of that, they'll be able to stay on the floor longer, give CP3 and Booker more rest so they can come in with five minutes left in the game if they need to and be completely fresh set of legs, while Cat will need to work the entire game yeah. to get a win for the T-Wolves. And that's the difference, I think. Yeah, so, absolutely. Tori, what, what are your, like, personal expectations for the Suns in the postseason? In the postseason? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. You think they win it all? Oh, no! In the postseason, sorry, the playoffs. Yeah, like how how far do you think they? How far do you think they make it? I think they're gonna win it all. I'm gonna go big. I think they're gonna win it all. I don't even think it's that much of a of a like a fan (laughs) fan copium take either. I I really do think they're the the best constructed roster in the league right now. Yeah, I mean they they made it to the finals last year in a fantastic series against the Bucks that was really close, and their roster hasn't really changed that much like not very drastically not the players that matter yeah and while like I think this I think this season has been a lot better on the west I think there was like a lot of teams that overall got better but I still don't think they hold a flame to the suns Mm -hmm. I think they're I think like I think they're gonna have like big challenges like if they ever go against the Grizzlies I think that's gonna be a lot 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 harder mm-hmm. but I think they're still gonna win but I think it's gonna be like a six maybe seven game series but the Suns are gonna kick ass and they're gonna win I mean you go from a team that hasn't been in the playoffs since Steve Nash played with you to go into the NBA yeah. finals mm-hmm. you damn sure better have a confidence boost and be able to do something I mean this is a legendary season that they're having. I think it's the best in franchise history or one of the, one of the, definitely one of it the is, best. Yeah, it is it's officially. their best. They yeah. a couple games ago they just hit their they broke the record. For 60, 62 the was the record points. and they're at 64 mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, so they it's been an unbelievable year for them. All of them work so well together. The fact that all of the backups like are good enough to hold their own like and not like yeah. drop the score too bad or like completely ruin the game yeah i think, I think they a lot. And, and that the fact that they kept winning with cp3 out for so long mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it means a lot that with him back and like everybody healthy yeah they're crazy i agree with that i mean they yeah they've they've put the work in they've they put all the pieces together they've invested in everybody and i mean like you can have a guy like like they can put full confidence in a guy like cameron Payne, who was functionally out of the league two years ago and was only really coming back because they needed to fill roster spots for COVID in the bubble. Like that, that was why campaign came back from Europe is because of COVID arguably like he, he was out of the league and now he's a solid backup point guard in this league. And that is such a testament to the development of the Suns and the coaching of Monty Williams. And the fact that like, like Tori said, they've been able to keep the roster get one more year of chemistry, one more year with a coach. Devin Which Booker had, so much. I think he had, what, three coaches in his first four seasons? That is not oh, conducive to keeping a team together. Yeah. And it was bad. That poor, it was poor bad. Devin. <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of terrible draft picks, but then they got a couple of great draft picks right in a row that they actually worked out on. They kept the guys. The development's getting a lot better. They got James Johnson in there, who I think is executive of the league every year. Yeah. Uh, and they all, honestly, they all feel really dedicated to, wanting the Suns to win I mean especially Devin who's been here for so long with this team being god awful but has like had so much passion and excitement he's doing good and like honestly all else feels Devin Booker is just not gonna let his team like 
Yeah. He's not going to let them down during this. Well, there's nothing better to see as a young guy or even as like a potential free agent sign on. Like Devin Booker signed his extension with the Suns in a season where they won like 19 games. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that man is not a fair weather friend. He yeah. is committed to this he team. He knows what loss. And that, yeah, and that. that <laughs> he doesn't want it anymore. He does. Yeah. He's had no. enough loss. Yeah, that man, I watched that man get he would drop like 45 points and they get blown out by like the Knicks in like a 20% full stadium on yeah, Friday. We would pay like five oh bucks to eat hat, like shitty popcorn. Yeah. And like, watch them in lose. the stands with like nobody. Yeah. I watched the Detroit Pistons beat the shit out of the sun so many mm. times that Devin yeah. Booker deserves everything and more on this. He, yeah. he stuck with the city when he honestly totally should not have. And I'm so glad and that he all, did. And it's all worked out. Yeah. Uh, he's and amazing. Bonnie's, of course, a great coach. Yeah, but a, a more pessimistic jazz fan view. <laughs> Th- this is the year. Like, yeah, this is the one. I think this is their year. Chris Paul is not getting any younger. No. And like, you're going to have to decide whether to extend DeAndre Ayton long term or not. Yeah, that, I was gonna say I think the contract is more of an issue than like CP3 aging. I think he can do this for at least a little while. That could get a, and that could get a little mm-hmm. bit sketchy because you're not sure if you really want to give DeAndre Ayton huge money or not. But uh, I think that I think I, the playoffs is gonna be for DeAndre Ayton if we see he gets an extension or not. Because I yeah. think he's I think he's good. But like I, I get it. I think it. he's a great center, I but think like he's really good. But I get it. Also, well, it's not going to be that the Suns don't want to extend him. It's that he's going to play well enough to get like a huge offer from some other team that the Suns can't or won't want to match. Yeah. Because that's that's the problem with these teams that come up and develop these young stars. It's awesome until it comes time for you know like it, it's it's contract year for Mikael Bridges or whatever, and you know he's making he's making three million dollars this year. Uh, he could probably stand to make a hell of a lot more and, you know, the Orlando Magic come around and or the Portland Trailblazers come around or any of these teams with a huge salary space that are not afraid to, you know, drop a little bag on a, on a guy who's been great on his team. And oh, yeah, thank you. Five, Five million this year. Million. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I like players like that, like are going to get extensions. Like Cam Johnson's going to get a real contract. He's still on a he's still on a young guy contract. Campaign's going to have to get a real NBA contract. I think they're currently paying him in like a monopoly money right now. I don't even know if they're giving him real money. Like they're going to have to actually pay him. So it's going to be about if they're willing to spend the money. And unfortunately the, the ownership does play a factor in that on uh, their, their willingness oh, to extend into luxury tech and the sun's having huge issues with the ownership. Wasn't the GM like super sexist too? Yeah. No, no, they had a no, scandal. no, no. It was the owner. Trash human being. Yeah. Um, he's but, a big part of the reason. Oh, sorry. Keep, keep no, but I would say you won't have to worry about um DeAndre Ayton because he I mean he hopefully he does play good. I, I'm a Ayton fan. I hope he plays good. I love him. And I hope he's able to get a contract extension. But if he doesn't, you won't have to worry because Rudy Gobert's getting sent out of here real quick, man. It's gone. He's gonna yeah. be up out of here. Something's well, I don't know. He's I think gone. in the jazz. I think if the Jazz have the choice of Donovan or Rudy, this is a good segue <laughs> into the Jazz now with oh, all your yes, I don't want to yes. do this. Please. If the Jazz, if okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Listen, listen. Here's Audrey's fun fact stat of the day. You ready? Go for it. Yes, yes. And I'm sure you guys have heard this one. Donovan Mitchell averages two passes to Rudy Gobert per <laughs> game. Not assists. Not assists. Passes. That man averages two passes. <laughs> 
to his star center as a guard. That is unreal. Wait, wasn't there another stat that some player that hasn't played? With oh, yeah, yeah. Like Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles still to this day averages more assists to Rudy Gobert in this season than, yep. the ja- than Donovan Mitchell does. And he mm-hmm. tore his Achilles and got, or his ACL and got traded like three months ago. He's God damn, I'm so angles. So let me, let me. That's a great thing. That's a very sad story. That's because I thought I that love, was the funniest. I love seeing Eric and paint about his jazz, but realistically, uh, um, they just ran in. They, what happened? This is what happens to some good teams that weren't able to figure it out yet. Sometimes they hit this wall, and sometimes one of your most important players um, tears his Achilles, and you have to move on. It's bad luck. I do not think that these are bad players. I just think that the mixed match of them sucks they have no perimeter defense i used to be a big yeah. uh, fan of the take that oh man rudy gobert can't guard anybody i'll admit i was an idiot he does a great job amazing on defense and he um i mean he's been able to prove it but that front line with donovan or mike conley just mike conley's getting old he can't handle the defensive responsibilities like we would we were hoping he was yeah. when we got here donovan mitchell has no interest in playing defense it was so, such a shame when uh, when, when Drew Holiday was in the market, I, I was a big oh, believer that he would have been – and granted, there might have been some salary stuff there, but when they were making the Mike Conley move and Drew Holiday was around, I'm like, man, but they don't need Mike Conley. Like, they've got that part fine. Like, they need defensive guards, and I think I think Drew would have been great for that because you had mm-hmm. – at the time, you had the volume scoring in Ingles, and you still have that with Bogey to some extent. Curious to hear y'all's thoughts on him as a player and where you where you rate him. I think he's definitely a valuable player for them, but I don't know if he's as important as the minutes and, and shots they're giving to him. Um, maybe that's just um, the lack of availability of other shooters that are consistent. I don't know that your perspective, I guess, is, as people who've watched more jazz games than I have this season, probably. He's definitely valuable to the team, but if you want to replace him with somebody who's more efficient and better, you're going to have to find somebody who wants to come to Utah if you're going to do it yeah, like yeah. that. That's a real consideration. In the draft. I mean, um, you're not going to be able to pull a Jabari Smith from Auburn and get him over here and get him up, putting up shots. That's just not yeah. a realistic thing for the Jazz at this moment. So I like him for him. I like him for what he does, at least for their squad. But I think that it's just it's not like this is the most frustrating thing I think for Eric because this ain't a bad team. No, they haven't not. been a bad team. So the problem they, is they've they been exactly go this they good are. for like five years. Like they, they haven't are. gotten any better or any worse. <laughs> they, are, they listen. Oh, the glasses are off. He, for, for the audio listeners at home, Eric took his glasses off. It's, this is what it's, I wanted. Serious. This is the pain I wanted to see. Go ahead, cry. The Eric's, jazz. Lighting, Eric's lighting up a cigarette right now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding, just kidding. The Jazz <laughs> are just a bad basketball team. And I I they're, they're not bad. No, they're just not great. No, please just let me get this point off. Okay, you. let them go. Let them go. Like, let them be sad. I work in sports media. I work oh, yeah. literally for the radio station that carries the jazz. I cannot stand these people, my coworkers, the, the, <laughs> the loyal fans of Utah, thinking things are going to change in the playoffs. Like they just weren't really trying in Like no, like I'm a firm believer in like people will show you who they are. Like if a person is a piece of shit to you believe that they are a piece of shit and that you need to like move on with your life mm-hmm, at yeah. some point we need to acknowledge what the jazz are which is a team that can play very well at points but that has blown like eight and i'm not even exaggerating eight 20 point leads in the past month 
is. Yeah. It's, it's really bad. It's, it's <laughs> getting really, really bad. And, like, and on top, like, and that what? just, like, that exists on top of the already a, a fairly rumored, but probably true from all the corroborations, all the <laughs> locker room issues that are going on in there. That is the worst thing that can happen to a team right there. Like, morale-wise, is losing a game that you were up big in. And I think that's got to just be fueling whatever the animosity of the fire is in that locker room. Cause it is, you're right. It's just not getting better. Like they're just not mm-hmm. getting better. And like, you need that. If, if your team is just like so mediocre, you at least need that team chemistry to like help yeah. somewhat. But if there's no passing mm-hmm. and no one likes each other, you're not going to mm-hmm. get better. You're just going to stay where you are. Oh my God. As, Corey. As yes. That this is the number one thing I hate about the Jazz. Last year, you watched that <laughs> offense and they were having so much fun. That ball was moving. Audrey knows this phrase. It was better. They were last way more fun year, to watch. They last, were really high. Last year, they truly were the Salt Lake Thunder passers. They hey, were just, SLCC, shout out to them. They were just <laughs> on. Real passing. They were really damn fun to watch last they, year. They got they the, good. The, the media here calls it the blunder. They got the blunder going. It, the ball was moving. And this year it's just joyless. It's just yeah. give Donovan Mitchell the ball, watch Donovan Mitchell dribble 15 times, and then watch Donovan Mitchell like occasionally get hot. Like that's yeah. kind of what the offense has been. It's like, like my dad always said playing. when uh it's like my dad always said when he used to coach my my basketball teams, like my rec league teams that I would have with my friends in high school. Like you can't all just sit around and watch Dante play basketball. You gotta fucking right. do something. You gotta move. <laughs> you can't just do that. Like, yeah, he's awesome, but you can't just sit there and watch the one dude play the game. Like you have to move. Like you have to have that. That's what makes the you Warriors at least have to help the, the one guy that's good. Yeah, well, <laughs> like... I mean, watch watch mm-hmm. good teams off the ball. Watch the Warriors off the ball. Watch the Bucks off the ball. Those guys are shuffling, moving, setting screens, cutting, getting open. Like, and that just doesn't yeah. happen on this yet. And you're right; it used to happen. Like this offense used to be so much better, but for one reason or another, and whether it's personal grudges or just the anxiety of feeling like you missed that championship window and you know like the media speculation builds and 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 again and and even the cultural parts of utah and that they undeniably and this is something that you know gets talked about to some degree but it's jazz fans know it more personally jazz have the hardest recruiting time even of other small market teams it's easier Mm -hmm. to get someone to go to indianapolis than it is to get them to go to salt lake city and that's an undeniable component. And I'll say maybe you guys don't agree with that, but no, it's you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> yeah. because it's for all the things that make Utah a great place and an attractive place to live for an athletic person in the hiking, skiing, snowboarding, which you're contractually can't do in the NBA. You can't go ski. So you can't bad. go snowboard. You're just going to break your leg. Mm-hmm. So you get, you can't take advantage of any of that cool stuff. And then you have the, frankly, I mean, I'll, I'll be, I'll be gentle here, but the cultural say it, component. Say it, please say, it. yeah. There is an absolute problem with the way that 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 city and that state is is run fully by by the church, which echoes into all sorts of areas that make it not fun for somebody who's not religious or even just not that religion to live there. On top of the complicated racial component. And the notorious stories of Utah being one of the most racist towns to play in, to fucking play against, 
to live in. There are countless stories of all sorts mm -hmm. of jazz players and opposing players of color who are treated horribly or at the very best looked at like an alien in Salt Lake because the undeniable fact is that say that state and that city are so 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 white and so 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 mormon and that is felt through all parts of society and it, it feels very unshakable at times which makes a guy not want to live there in the off season or even during the season a lot of these guys like, are just in especially la especially when you're so like young and you know that you have like a chance to go somewhere cool like la or even small marketplaces Phoenix is so much better than that there's at least yeah, that's one example. It's just like, yeah, like all these small market teams have the struggle of not like the nightlife and the cool stuff. And then Utah has to work through the additional hurdle of the cultural challenges and yeah. the expectation of racism, which is tragic. And the people of Utah <laughs> are better than that. But sadly, that's not those aren't the people that are getting, you know, are the loudest or the most important in this conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not the average jazz fan who isn't, you know, a racist person and the, you know, the citizens of Salt Lake City who don't agree with a lot of the crazy shit that goes on like with the legislature but at the end of the day that's the rules and, and that's going to make it like if you're going to go to indianapolis or salt lake or san antonio you're going to go well at least indianapolis and san antonio don't have state-only liquor stores that close at five like okay. that might be the tipping point and, th and that's just the kind of stuff that that's going to put off a, a a player on top of now the situation in utah which is clear that it's something toxic going on rumors that Donovan or Rudy are going to go out. And I'm curious to hear y'all thoughts on that, on if the Jazz, but let's say the Jazz have the option to keep one or the other going forward. And they have to get rid of one, but they can keep one of, of Donovan or Rudy. Who would you as a Jazz fan want them to get rid of? And who do you think is the best move would be for them to get rid of? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So I, I have a take on this that, They clearly weren't good enough together, even when they were playing at their height, because last year they blew oh, a two-game lead in the playoffs. They, when Donovan Mitchell plays and Rudy Gobert doesn't play, the defense isn't good enough, basically, because nobody yeah. plays defense, and there is no defense – I'm sorry, but there's no defensive piece in the NBA like Rudy Gobert. Not at all. But – Not at all. When Rudy Gobert plays and Donovan Mitchell doesn't play – Sometimes you struggle with scoring because then Mike Conley is your number one scoring option. And Mike Conley is a washed basketball player. And that's yeah, just an unfortunate, sadly. that's just an unfortunate truth. A lot of jazz fans haven't gotten behind yet, but the man can't play anymore. He's yeah. too slow. He doesn't really have, he's got the court vision, but he doesn't really make decisions at the speed he needs to be. So I think, they, my, my, I think the game beyond uh, evolved beyond the way that Mike Conley plays the guard position. I think, it, I right. think he's, he's playing like we're still in like 2000, you know, nine or 10, but keep right. going, sorry. like my thought is I don't want to be middling. That's it. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Yeah. Like, Cause there's no point. Like, I don't want to be middling. Like I, I don't want to play with Rudy Gobert and be a six seed next year. I don't want to play with just Donovan Mitchell and be a five seed next year because Ultimately, both those teams lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, there's not much of a like, difference. Th like, that's what happens. So my thought with the Jazz is literally just blow the whole thing up. Yeah, nothing, I was going to ask if that was what you no, thought. What nothing they has worked. I respect Quinn Snyder as a coach. Like, this is the first time, like, ever publicly I've ever said this. I think they should move on from Quinn Snyder. Like, I've heard a lot of rumors to that as well. Like, I've heard that he's being eyed up for the Lakers replacement job right now. And it's not his fault. 
It is not no, his not fault. not at all. He's it, a great there's coach. There's only so much you can it do. Is not he's because, a great coach. It is person. not because he's a bad coach. But every so often, it's been eight years. He did his best. He tried to build up something here. It didn't work. It's time to move on. It's time to trade Rudy Gobert. It's time to trade Donovan Mitchell. It's time to hope Boyan Bogdanovich plays well and recoup maybe a first-round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich. Like, I mean, I think – I think you're definitely right there. I think they need to just accept the reality and you need to trade Donovan and Rudy while they're still assets because worst case scenario is they both hit free agency and they leave for nothing. Right. So at least if you can see the writing on the wall, you see that this is coming, you know, you can, you can trade off Rudy and Donovan because those, those will get back really good pieces. Those will get back really good pieces, especially, especially Rudy. when they're not together. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they're not together. Exactly. And then, yeah, I, I, on the, on the Quinn point and Aramis, I don't know if you have any, any thoughts here on, on Quinn as well, but no, go ahead. Go ahead. if they, if they move on from Quinn realistically, and maybe I don't know how much you guys know about the coaching pool, who, who out there are the jazz, would the jazz be confident in saying, okay, we can get this coach, which would be an upgrade from Quinn. Like who is there anybody out there in the coaching market that's going to become available? Like, do you want Frank Vogel as the coach of this team? Like, no. Like, uh, do you want you know? Like, are there like is like do you want like a Luke Walton? No, like, Quinn, those are the kind of guys that are going to be available at this Quinn, point. Quinn's the best option, but I think I, so. I think that Quinn doesn't want I, personally. I don't know if you're Quinn Snyder. If if the rumors are true, if Greg Popovich really is thinking about retiring and you're homies with Greg Popovich and you know the Spurs system, or you have the chance to coach LeBron James and turn a team that really wasn't well coached but has talent into a title contender, I think you're going to choose one of those positions over oh, a rebuilding yeah. team. And that's ultimately what the Jazz are going to be. Even if they tr- only trade one of the two, they will be a rebuilding team. Like, absolutely like, no yeah and, and they should be because if they trade one of the two they should have no expectation of being able to make it any further so like yeah we're right at least much. like doing like a like lakers now which is probably still going to be rebuilding at least it's a whole fresh new team and you have lebron <laughs> you can at least build around that man yeah and um yeah i don't know i i think i think quinn would be smart to leave i think this is a good opportunity for a break and a fresh start and i think you're right i think the narrative has not has correctly identified that he's not necessarily the problem in this situation and that he did the best he could with, with the pieces he had. Um, I, I think you're right. I think that would, that would be a very enticing offer to go coach the Spurs. I don't know if it's the Spurs specifically, just because I, I imagine that they have a contingency plan and someone internal that we've never heard of. That's all of a sudden going to be, you know, take the Spurs to 50 wins or whatever. Just their organization just pumps out coaches like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I, I, I think Quinn, Quinn is best to get out now. I, I think if they, if the Jazz are in a position where they can trade one and keep one, I think it's honestly easier to replace a volume scoring guard than it is a perennial DPOY and a big man. I think, I think to your point, Eric, there is no defensive presence in the league like Rudy Gobert, and it's something that is super hard to track. In at least in basic stats, and even sometimes in advanced stats, teams avoid the paint when he's down there. That is a absolute fact. They do not go down there. It changes the entire way that teams set up their game plan. He is so good defensively around the rim and getting better at perimeter slash mid-range defense, but not great. But especially in the mid and in the paint, he is a dominant force. And I think that's a lot harder to replicate in the NBA today than a guard who can average 20 points a game. 
while it, that's still a hard task to ask for, and there's not a lot of those, I think there's more of those than there are defensive centers that are that are constantly winning DPOIs. Yeah. So and, I mean, one, one one more thing just on Donovan, and then I do want to get yeah. you 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 talking there. Like the other thing about Donovan, I know it's year to year, but if you look at like Donovan's clutch stats this year, especially, they are god awful. I mean, they are the worst in the league. Like, Why do you think that is? Why do you think he's gone? He, he those stats have dropped so much. You think he's given up on the team? Well, I think it's partly because the ball doesn't move and everyone knows it's him. Yeah, but yeah. like that's true. Like he, like we talk about killers. Ultimately. Is Donovan Mitchell a killer? I kind of used to think he was. I don't know anymore. I mean, the blow, like, I, the, def, the definition of what makes someone a killer is their ability to close out clutch games and series, right? And they just, they just can't statistically. Right. Like, I, I don't know. What do what you think, Aramis? You're much more like level-headed jazz fan than me. I'm all very all emotional. All but. So. I know you want everybody to go fuck off, basically. I get it. I get that there's so much frustration. Royce O'Neal especially. I'd just like to oh take this moment to just oh my God. trash Royce O'Neal. Why do you publicly? hate Royce O'Neal of all people? <laughs> because because Royce O'Neal, if you look at this, this man's plus, if you look <laughs> at this man's, if you look, look at this man's plus minus over the past four games, he is like minus 56. Like it is Unreal. Seriously, right now, Google Royce O'Neal's plus minus over the past few games. It is absolutely unreal. He is billed as a three and D player. He cannot shoot three point shots and he cannot play defense. Like, okay, okay, okay. So, but I I know he's not the main problem. I I just wanted to take this moment to publicly criticize Royce O'Neal. You want everybody on this jazz team to go fuck off. I get it, but. (laughs) <laughs> it's like we were talking. Aubrey, we just mentioned all the shit that comes with living here in Salt Lake City, Utah. As yeah. a black man here, um, I luckily haven't had to endure much, but you definitely know that there's something funny going on. You get people looking at you funny. You get all this other Absolutely. stuff. But um, it's gonna be hard to. It I, I the way I look at it is um I know how important Rudy Gobert is as a defensive player, how insanely talented he is. I would. Personally, I believe if I was running the franchise, I guess I would trade him off. Um, not because I like Donovan Mitchell as a player better, but because I think Donovan Mitchell can impact the culture of Utah better. If if we look at Russell Westbrook as letting everybody know Utah's racist, Donovan Mitchell can be the player to let people know Utah is a good place to play at. Because his yeah. voice and his marketability, unfortunately, is so much stronger and he can kind of bring people in more so. So I would trade Rudy Gobert off. I would bring him in, but Pretty much what Eric said, I blow it up around them and try to help build a team around them, try to see what we can do with them. Um, maybe not even around him, maybe a better player comes in and maybe he'll eventually grow to a point of his career where it is, oh, all I care about is winning, like so many other great players do. And that's the gamble that I guess I take, but like, yeah. I and I guess that's contingent on if Donovan is willing to commit to being the player they rebuild around, because they might that just is- tell him like, hey, this is the plan, and he might just be like, fuck that, I'm not doing that, like, see ya. I have a question. I have a question yeah. for you. If they trade Donovan Mitchell, who would you want them to replace him with? I think 
I mean, Dame time. Oh, if you, oh hell, I mean, if they if they got Damian back, they'd have to give up a lot more than just Donovan. That's yeah, true. but also, oh my God, like the Blazers have been not good. Like Damian Lillard. Like, yeah, no, he's won. clearly on the and way out. And I feel out. like this man, like I feel like he wants to leave. And like maybe if there was just a chance for him to go anywhere but there, he might take it. Well, no, he's not going to. He has too much pride because he's been saying That's for true. he's been criticizing super teams for years. He's been saying he doesn't run from the grind for years. So I think he's for that reason, boy. Utah might be a a possible destination for him. A with his Weber State background, he went to he obviously went to Weber State in Northern yeah, Utah. Yeah, he's like he's like on record as loving Utah. He loves Utah. Yeah, he love. I mean, he has the number zero. He said he, in an interview he has the number zero on his jersey for. Uh, Oakland, Ogden, and um, Oregon. Oregon, like, yeah. So, like, and that, that's like that's huge that that Ogden can make that cut, and and, and yeah, and that, I mean that school believed in him when he was a nothing prospect, and and he turned it around. I, I think Damian would be a great piece on the Jazz. Obviously, I mean he great he'd be a great piece anywhere, but like yeah. I think he has too much pride to leave that team on his own volition. I think it's going to take them trading him because I don't. I think he's built up such a brand and such a presence around being a guy that never runs for the grind, that the only reason he's going to jump off that ship is if they throw him off of it. I, I am very sad to see the Blazers suck because I yeah. do like Damian Lillard so much, and I just want to see him do so good. Me too. So I hope that, like, if he doesn't go somewhere, that at least something happens for them. Yeah, that Hopefully will be that happening soon. But here's the issue, Tori. Let me just break down this issue for you here. Uh I looked at this the other day because I was like, oh, at least maybe the Jazz can do something in the draft. Um, the Jazz don't have a draft pick this year. They, tr- they traded it. Like, they straight up do not have a draft pick. Like, I mean, at least of all oh years, it's a pretty weak draft pool this year comparatively. Right. But, like, still, though, but it's still like, not bad to not have a fucking pick. <laughs> like, you, they thought they were so all in that they were going to be good having no draft picks this year. They oh, gave up. No. As Audrey pointed out, they gave up way too much for Mike Conley. Looking yep. back at what that trade did for the Grizzlies, just some guy pretty much that, now. that was an unbelievable trade by Grizzlies management. And, yeah, and they got a good one on them. And something That's that basically set them up to be a contender in the West for like the next 10 years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they they traded they they traded him and he functionally turned into John Wall. Like he like, yeah, he had an all-star season. And then he got like pretty seriously injured for a while and then was back and then was injured again. And then the Jazz took a chance on him then. Uh, like, damn, after dude. All that, that's when they get Yeah, like, two I mean, and he was a great player. He's a great guard. But like, even at the time, it didn't really seem like that's what the Jazz needed or that was the piece that was going to fit well into their system. And it seemed like a really puzzling move at, ne- at the time. And now it's a very, very bad move because as Eric said, they gave up a bunch of future ass, uh, pro- uh, prospects to be able to get Mike Conley onto the roster, and now he's essentially as good as any other backup or or even like mid, like mm-hmm. mediocre starter point guard in the league. Like you know, he's no better than uh, I mean, someone could argue like like a Dejounte Murray, who like yeah, they like he might be a little worse than Mike Conley, but he has a hell of a lot more upside. And Mike Conley is going nowhere but down, and unfortunately. Well, the unfortunate truth is I could sit here and talk about jazz incompetence and like total <laughs> heartbreak that has taken over my life for the majority of my life forever. But there are more like interesting teams than the jazz. There really are. About mm-hmm. in the Western Conference because, right. and one of the things that like I was a little down yesterday, I was like, man, I'm really not looking forward to the Western Conference finals. 
And then I turned on the Memphis Grizzlies game mm. and, I, and I watched John Morant play. And I was like, the amount of just like unencumbered joy this man plays with. Yeah. Like the way he makes every dribble just seem like it's the best dribble he's ever taken in his life. You can't beat the life. man. He's like, so good. Like yeah. he's like basic chest passes. He's like, nah, I'm going to add a little bit of flair to this to just make it <laughs> a little bit more exciting. Yeah. And like, let's just he's talk just about. He's to be there. He's just, just so pumped. No, let's, just I love... talk of, let's just talk about these good teams or like a man like Luka Doncic like oh yeah. I love Luka like like just a guy who jazz fans hate now by the way I don't I don't know if you picked <laughs> up on that from, yeah, from, okay. from like some flopping stuff but like everyone be flop everyone just, flops just a man who just like cooks like there's no other way to describe yeah. Doncic other than this man cooks he just cooks no, it's, oh, it's great but, I mean, fantastic like Let's talk about those two teams because they're like oh. way better stories to talk about in yeah, the really NBA than the Utah Jazz because yeah. the Utah Jazz are ultimately worthless. Yeah, and they're not really going to make it very mm-hmm. far versus I think the Mavs are really good. I think Luka's awesome. I don't think they're going to make it to the Western Conference playoff finals. Mm-hmm. I just think that I think Luka's the only one that's like really, really, really good. And he's really good. And not that the rest of the team around him is like that. I don't know. They got some shooters now. They got Jalen Brunson, baby. Yeah. I've been Jalen Brunson. Shout out. Jesus Well, and they, and and talking about, about trades to make your team better too. They traded in, in what was a very puzzling move at the time. They traded Christos Porzingis out for Spencer Dinwiddie. And who would have known that Spencer Dinwiddie would get on the team and just be like a dead eye three. A total baller. Yeah. Yeah. It it was giving, and gives so much energy and hustle that came he wasn't giving like they they did a great job unlike the jazz organization when scouting out uh mike conley during that trade of saying okay kp probably hitting his ceiling not sure if this is the guy that can be the second piece to take us into the playoffs and they make a big trade and i mean a, a lot a big component of that trade that that kind of goes on un, untalked about is they managed to move his salary off the books and they got back a player who's giving them better efficiency and better numbers and I think that was such an incredible play by the – and I criticized that trade. I didn't, I didn't see why they did that trade when they did it. And, and now – and they've got – they got Dinwiddie. They got Davis Bertans. They opened up their shooting. So now, now Luka's not the only shooting threat anymore. Yeah. And, and when you force them to respect those other shooters, I think that only makes Luka's game better. I'm That's really, really high on the Mavs. But, yeah, I, I don't think they make it. I don't it. think they're making it. I don't but know. But I think they're going to make it far. Well, the thing okay. is, though, but their, their first-round series right now is against the Jazz. And as we were just talking about, the Jazz are kind of running out of energy just as the Mavs have been having an incredible second half of the season and are really picking up. So, I mean, it's not looking good for the Jazz, but also the Mavs don't have a whole lot of playoff experience and and a whole whole lot of great track record of of finishing out series, except for some funny Clippers moments. But um, I don't know. I think the Jazz – I think the Jazz are – thinking they're lucky stars that they got the Mavs in the first round. I think of any of the teams in the playoff field, I think the they, I think they want the Mavs. I think, oh, no, I think they match. I think the not. jazz match up against the Mavs mm. really well. They I do really not. Do. I would disagree they, with that. They do not. I, I, I think I apologize, but like, you just didn't watch for jazz and the Mavericks play this year okay. because like they got cooked on every single time they played. It was All right, uh, like Luka Doncic 
completely owns this Jazz team. Like, yeah, like we're talking about Spencer Dinwiddie. Like the first game Spencer Dinwiddie really went off for the Mavericks was against the Jazz. Was and it like, okay? The Jazz. Yeah, just I haven't like, watched enough Jazz this year, I guess. The Jazz just like literally just refused to put anyone on him in the pick and roll. Like they just got burned yeah, on that. The switches are killing everybody on Luca. Every single time. And then you look back at last year's playoff series. What kills the Jazz against the Clippers? The fact they can't switch. Guess what the Mavericks are going to do literally every single time. They're going to play pick and roll with Luka Doncic, and they're going to let yeah. their big men center who can shoot drain threes all day over. Like Maxi Kleba is going to have a field day on the outside against Rudy Gobert. Like yeah. it's not even going to be close. Like, but at the same is- time, though, there is nobody who can hold a candle up to Rudy on the interior on that team. So does right, that help the Jazz's ev- chance? But who cares eventually if they can shoot threes? Because Terrence Mann isn't a great basketball player. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not a good basketball player. But he cooked for Jazz and won the Clippers a series because he could shoot threes and Rudy Gobert ultimately cannot nor can he defend the three, which is yeah. the bigger issue. Like yeah. there, this, and this is why there are issues around, like, should you keep Rudy? Because while all that stuff we said about his defensive acumen is absolutely true threes, in, a one, in a one game, in a one-off meeting where you're going to see Rudy Gobert for one night and be like, okay, shit, we can't go into the paint tonight. In a seven-game series, if you see Rudy Gobert, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, let me take this guy outside the paint and then let me cook him. Like, That's true. That's like, true. The longer-term strategy like, of a seven-game series. Like, sure. the, like, you are go- – like, dude, like, if you watch highlights from the playoffs last year, it is embarrassing the way that man looks when he gets up to the three-point line. Like, he can't move. He just gets crossed up. Yeah, he gets frozen. He, like, he looks... Yeah, he's always been terrible on perimeter defense. Like, he looks similar to me when I play defense. Like, like I, you, 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 don't, you don't want that. You, don't you want... look, defense is absolutely your best, your best uh, absolutely part of basketball. Don't, uh, don't put yourself down on that. You got, you got the side-to-side movement. Um, but I mean, and, and remember when we were talking way back at the beginning of what is now last episode, the ability to take something that you're not good at and make marked improvements over the years at it is what makes a great player. And I think Rudy has had the opportunity to improve his perimeter defense and it hasn't improved. And I think that's finally going to be the nail in the coffin that gets this team blown up it, uh, among many other things is the fact that Rudy never improved that perimeter defense and that he still looks like he did three, four years ago where he's just getting lost in the sauce by some by Desmond Bain or something's going to cook him on the outside. Like some random guy, it's not Steph Curry or some shit, like just some random guard who has somewhat handles can just burn Rudy Gobert. Like, like still, plays. like in 2022, that's just concerning. I would say um, – Cause that definitely, man, that's a criticism. That should be a criticism of his. But he's the center. He's supposed to be playing on the block in the interior. Um, you you're supposed to be able to cook and pick a roll the center to death. What the Jazz do not do. Sorry, Eric, to talk about them some more. And what the Mavericks will take advantage of is nobody else can play perimeter defense on the team. Nobody else is there. Royce O'Neal should. I thought that's what Royce O'Neal's job was. Apparently, it's to celebrate every time he breaks a shot going down on the, going down the lane and stuff like that. It's just. See, no, people they really have hate nobody. Royce O'Neal. It's I just clearly, a celebration. It's weird. It's weird. No, he does this every time he makes a shot. You know, the one out of the 20 times he does it. Um, but, 
No, it's just they, the team doesn't have any real perimeter defense. As amazing of a defender as Rudy is, it shouldn't be his job to be the best perimeter defender on the team when he's already the best center on the team. It should be up to a Donovan Mitchell. It should be up yeah. to a Mike Conley who's old. It should be up to a Royce O'Neal who honestly isn't doing anything in his offseason. It's looking like yeah. he's getting better and it's not like nothing. So, I mean, I, I agree, but like good. to this point, to Eric's point, like the – like with, with switching being so prevalent and almost the default style of play now in, in a switch based defense, he needs, to, he needs to be, I, I agree that he can't be a primary perimeter defender by any means, but he needs to be better than he is. And, and to the pick and roll, it blows my mind. Cause I, I saw the stat about Donovan averaging two passes to Rudy every game. And a, as a casual observer, or even just like somebody who like looks at the jazz from the outside and it says, okay, they're two star players or a guard and a center. So you're assuming every play is going to be focused on some sort of pick and roll offense through the two of them. But clearly that's not the case. So I don't know where that breakdown is, or if it's just Rudy can't finish that kind of, that, that kind of offense. I know he's, he's pretty much an offensive liability and has been for a lot of his career, but why do you think as people who follow jazz more than I do, why do you think there's such a breakdown in that, in that Donovan Rudy pick and roll game? That seems like the perfect combination. Well, it was. For, largely for the first half of the season, if you listen to advanced stats, like it is the best, and it still is because of how dominant it was in the first half. Like it is the most dom, and it's frankly why the offense worked beautifully last year. It's the best pick and roll combination in the NBA. But for some reason, I guess they hate each other now or whatever. Like it just doesn't work. It's just crazy to me. It's it, that, and that's why I give such like credibility to those rumors because like a lot of the time that stuff is just media trying to get attention and clicks and and kind of like you know in, in insinuating where there isn't stuff but mm-hmm. the fact that cause even with guys who historically have had like Shaq and Kobe hate and I'm not trying to compare these players to Shaq and Kobe at all but these players like those players hated each other off the court <laughs> but on the court they balled out and they were one of the most dominant duos and granted eventually they broke up and probably could have won about three more rings but on the court, no matter how big of a beef it's got to be, you'd think they'd be able to put that aside for the mutual goal of winning. And the fact that whatever is going on between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert is so bad that it is translated so grossly to the performance. And then and then that falls, I guess, on the coaching staff, too, to not remedy that problem. Like, Quinn Snyder can't allow that to happen. He knows yeah. this stat. He knew this stat before I did, that there's only two passes between those two players every game. That can't be the case. You can't just let that happen. That's insane. No, nah, but you know what? Hey, that's how they wanted to play this year. That's what they're choosing to do. Yeah, man. They, they made their bed, I guess. So let's 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 start let's start uh stop huh. roasting the jazz and go into yeah. a playoff Back series that I'm Grizzlies. a little bit interested in. Um yeah. what do you guys think about uh Golden State versus Denver? What do you think about that playoff matchup? I think that'll be a fun one. I think that'll be a fun. A battle of the team who know the teams who no one knows how good they are because they have injuries. Uh, I it's going to be about whoever's available for the, the Warriors. I think. I'll oh just, my god! Yeah, because who the hell is hurt right now? Everybody kept getting hurt. Steph Curry is supposed to be available. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now. 
I'm sorry, Tori, but I think the odds on favorite for the championship are the Golden State Warriors. No, I mean, you're way off on that. No, like, absolutely no, not. I just feel this way. Like, people have forgotten what those two are when they play together and what Draymond is defensively. When that team is fully healthy, that is the best team in the West. Uh, so but they're that's, not. But, they've but, they're never, not. but they have so, never gone against, like, the Suns as they are now. I think <laughs> I would take... They only went against I, the I, terrible, stinky Suns. Yeah, but I'd take... Maybe this is just me, and this could be. Hey, I hate, I hate small market on small market crime. But like, I like, I truly believe in the seven game series. I would take the Warriors in seven. It's just, it's just how I feel this year. I think Clay Thompson is going to be on an absolute mission to just prove that he's still the best shooting guard in the NBA. And I think with Steph healthy and with Draymond playing like he wants to be the defensive player of the year like I I just don't I I feel like the Golden State Warriors match up as well as anyone with the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference so the reason I wanted to bring this up is because in my the few notes that I took you know the hour before when I had to prep for this um I decided to kind of go through and see the matchups and whatnot and going through it man um the Nuggets actually won the season series against the Golden State Warriors. Now I know that's factoring in Clay being out um, and the roster kind of being in flux, but um, I think the Warriors are going to have a real problem um, dealing with Jokic down low. And I actually had the the Nuggets the, the Nuggets upsetting the Warriors in seven games. Yeah, yeah, I think the Nuggets have like a way bigger chance than you think. I think they're really underrated. Um, Jokic is the MVP. I think though. I think versus. I think Nuggets versus Warriors. I think Warriors are going to win, but in seven. But I think it's going to be like an, a really good series because I think the Nuggets are way better than people think that they are. Uh, I don't know. But I'd love I just have to a... see them go far. I'd love to see them beat the Warriors and move on. I really like the Nuggets. Nikola like Jokic is an unbelievable player. I'm interested to see if a center who plays the way he does can be – like the number one star who can win a playoff series for you. I yeah, think that's, trio is that's, it's yet to be proven, I think. I think that's really interesting. When they were successful in the bubble, Jamal Murray was cooking. Like, Yeah, it's such a shame that Jamal isn't going to be around for, yeah. for so long. He's such a transformative player for that team. It sucks that they're not healthy as a whole because I know as a Jazz fan, I'm supposed to hate the Nuggets, but like as someone with a lot of family in Colorado and just like – yeah, they've been trying to engineer that regional rivalry for a long time. That's not real. Everyone like, loves the Nuggets. Like I, I like I love the Nuggets. Like they're like they're they're super cool. I couldn't name a player on the Nuggets this year that's not Nikola Jokic. I'll say that right now. Uh, Will so, Barton, baby. Uh, Will Barton, I guess. Shout out <laughs> you. He's been playing in the league for a while. Feels like he's yes. been on the Nuggets since literally we were in high school. Like he has, because the reason I like Will Barton is because I put him on my fantasy basketball teams when we were in high school and he would always put up numbers. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that, that of anything should, should be a bad sign that the only player I can name on there is just cause I like, I've known him since he's been on there for five or six years. Yeah. But. yeah. I do think they're better than people think. I, I don't think, think they're going to beat the Warriors. I don't know. I, I think it's about, I'd like them to. It was a clay, such a wild card because yeah, he's been back and he's been doing all right, but he hasn't been doing that great. And Steph's hurt and who knows how available he'll be. And, you know, Draymond is at his best when he has people to feed. Um, yeah, he's not mm-hmm. as good on his own. 
So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly don't think – like, I think this Nuggets squad is – is they play more games together. Yeah, they're missing Jamal Murray, but I think they're – I think they're more ready for this. I, I really do. I think I, – and I think that that disparity I, – I mean, like, the Warriors – their starting center is what? Jonathan Kuminga or something? Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to be great. Like, he's going to get cooked by Jokic, which yeah. is going to cause those switches. And, and if the Warriors had to devote more defenders – to Jokic, that opens up more opportunities for guys who maybe aren't as good, but will have more wide open shots now. It's going to be all about the kind of whatever defense Steve Kerr engineers to stop Jokic and whatever defense the Nuggets engineer to stop. The and that's the most basic thing I can say. You know, it's about whatever. It's about the strategy mm-hmm. you prepare for. But I think it's just about yeah. It's it's about what they can what they can do to counter because I think they. Eat, the Nuggets' strength is the Warriors' weakness and vice versa. The Nuggets have the size that the Warriors don't. The Warriors have the shooting versatility that the Nuggets don't. They both have great ball movement. They both have great team chemistry. So it just comes down to that counter strategy. It, it, I truly, I also think it's going to be a six or seven game series like the rest of you. I just, I, I think the Nuggets got this one in seven. So, Maybe even six. Wow, that's crazy. So I biggest... just don't believe in you. Jokic that much. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm just high on Jokic, but man, like, he is just I like Jokic a lot, I, but I think I don't think Warriors, I think first Steph Clay, in, in seven, right? In seven. Huh? I think that it's going to be hard. Yeah. I also, guess. want it to be seven. I want more. Yeah, we'll see how fast Steph can come back and at what percentage she'll be playing. I think it's going to be a, the biggest wild card there. So the biggest reason I kind of chose that was the season matchup that that kind of was interesting when I looked at it, but I thought the Warriors would have blew them out the water. Um, but that wasn't the biggest thing. Um, I just think, truthfully, that matchup, um, the Warriors are so small. Um, the bit, the best chance that they would have had at containing or being giving Jokic problems was, um, oh, my gosh, was, um, was his name? Oh, yeah, James Wiseman. Yeah, uh, and he's Jokic, hurt, exactly. Yeah, he's out. Um, Steph is supposed to miss a game, and – like he he they're not sure if he's coming back for that first game and I just think that that matchup specifically it would have been anybody else I think it's Warriors Suns in the Western Finals if it's anybody else but because it's Jokic who I think is probably gonna be the MVP again this year uh shout out to MB but man homeboy is just I guess doing much better this year than he did last year with yeah. much worse teammates which is insane um, who do you think's gonna be the the final two in the Western yeah who's who's your Western Conference, Conference matchup. Finals? Um, I want to see so bad. I want to see so bad the Grizzlies versus um the Suns. Grizzlies yes, Suns. That would be too. the funnest game. That would be the That'd funnest be a game. Great that would be the best series if we can get to that at the end. Yeah. That would so, be as a Suns fan, I worry about the Grizzlies yeah, as but, much as the Warriors. Yeah. But as like a basketball fan, that's the most entertaining series. Also, I would not be sad. Like I'd be sad for the Suns' loss, but I wouldn't be sad at John yeah. Morant. Going if you want, on if you want any team to be. Yeah, if you want just such a likable man, you can't help it. And also, it's just unreal how good they've been when he hasn't played. Yeah, like they they are way more than him. Dylan Brooks is a twenty one and three without Jaw. I think pretty good basketball player. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of Aramis's favorites. He's a guy I've really come to love. Great player. I don't know. And I think they're a similar matchup to the Suns because, like, they're both like. They, they're both like two just solid, well-rounded teams with yeah, like deep star, benches. with players that are stars. But like, yeah, like you were saying, Jaw when Jaw was gone, like they still did so good. Like that's they like CP3, Devin are gone. Like the Suns are good. So I think both of those together, oh, it's gonna be so. That'd be a great so matchup. Good. I would 
kill for that. All right. Well, this is, I don't want, I really don't want to keep you guys here. It's almost 11. Yeah, I was going to say, we should probably wrap up. We've been talking for like, what, long, three hours. It's it's time to wrap up here. Yeah. So I just wanted to know what the finals are for everybody. Yeah. I'm going to go Celtics. And man, I, I just, believe in the warriors but i think ultimately it's the east here whoever comes out of the east is who i'm taking in the finals it's boston for me suns i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be suns i'd like to see suns bucks again but the east is a little more flippy floppy for me i'm calling it right now suns sixers straight up oh i think i think the sixers make a Phenomenal playoff run. I think they smacked the Raptors around. I think that would be fun. Uh, and I think that momentum carries them into the next series against a team that might have had to play a seven-game series the series before. Uh, and I think they carry that momentum. Joel Embiid and James Harden are only getting more and more and more in sync on their offense and their defense. I think I think we have not seen how good this, these Sixers can be, and I think they're going to show that in the playoffs. I hope they're going to show that in the playoffs, but I think it's going to be Sun Sixers. I'm going to win that series. Oh, shoot. Listen, I'm going to go with um, Bucks versus the Suns. I think I want to see the matchup again. I want to see them running up, and I want to see them run it to seven games. And yeah, I'm going to have the Milwaukee Bucks just for fun pulling it out in overtime for a, for a dramatic finish for Giannis sinking a buzzer-beating three. Why not? Let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> Why not? Make, go big. Because if that happens, you yeah. can come back to this and be like, I'm a god. <laughs> Exactly, the most dramatic thing possible. Let's ha- let's make it happen. That's what we all I want. Like I like Playoffs. it. I like it. That's a good. That's a good way to finish this off. Uh, a fun, mm-hmm. and, and that's that's all we can hope for as basketball fans. End of the day, these are going to be some awesome series. Everybody should tune in and watch these games. These are going to be some incredible basketball games. It's be a fun year, fun full, playoff. And these playoffs going to be full of a lot of teams that that nationally didn't get a lot of attention and love on on the big stage, and they're gonna they're gonna be here to with that chip on their shoulder to show you in the playoffs. So this is gonna be a great year. Thanks, to Eric, for having us on. Let's talk you. NBA. This has been great. Yeah, and you know, if y'all are around, you know, two Sundays from now, when when we're in the midst of this, maybe we can be more concise and just talk about the games that have happened. Yeah, yeah, that might be better than this uh, unformatted three-hour anti-jazz <laughs> rant. It was probably, probably a little better. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I love to talk individual series once they start wrapping up or, or getting in the middle of them and, and get to yeah to specifics because that'd be really fun. We can kind of dig deep into the stats on on the players and stuff as well. All right, sounds great. All right, well, cool. thank you all so much for joining me. Mm-hmm. We will see you all next time. Peace. <laughs>